The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. entertainment we got an exciting show for you guys today before we get started let me introduce my cool outrageous man about town co-host mr ron russell howdy folks how you doing out there i'm glad you came in to see our show i'm ron russell that jimmy star <laughs> ain't nothing i'm something yeah i'm getting ready getting ready for a saturday night to go to the madame tussauds halloween ball I'm going as a cowboy. Yeah, that's why I didn't shave. You see, I want to look rugged like I was out in the desert for days in the sun and the sand. <laughs> look at him. He ain't nothing. Look. Ain't I got monsters on because we have a monster guy coming on. Anyway, let's get on. So you guys, it's Halloween hotness. Show. So. show is so boring, I could sleep all the time. Halloween slash hotness.com, you guys, if you want to, like, donate to St. Jude's. For a good cause to cheat childhood cancer. It's a man of two shows. They added a bunch of new stars, including two sons. No two There's a D at the end. Even though it's French, there's no bravo. Okay, that doesn't so matter. So it's two sons. And um, we have, uh, they added a bunch of great new guests, you guys. Uh, Costas Mandalore from the Saw movies is there. Eric Roberts, Eric Roberts our has been on our show. Actually, a lot of the people that are guests have been on our show, so mm -hmm. it's going to be exciting. and and we're looking forward to it. What's up, chat room? So how do I look as an 83-year-old cowboy? Terrific. They said they loved it. They loved, love Rob's cowboy outfit. Is what yeah. it says. I could play a cowboy. I, I'd like to. I've never played. I, I, no. Well, I, no, I've never played a You've cowboy. You've been on a horse, though. Oh, I've been on a horse. Yeah, but I never played. Yeah, you're right. For that TV series. Sarah. That was a cowboy show. With, Brent, with Brenda Vaccaro. Yeah, that was a television series at Universal. And we were on horses. But I never really played a cowboy cowboy. You know, shoot him, knock him down, kind of. A, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if I had a mustache or something evil. I don't know. We want to welcome B. Claudia just joined us. Hey, B.B. Hey, B. I hope, sorry you're not feeling well. She had What's dental. wrong? She she pregnant? No, she had dental surgery. And oh, her maybe maybe she was pregnant. No, she's not pregnant. Don't say things like that. Anyway, what's up, B? We hope you're feeling better. Send in love your way. And um, um, Hollywood Hotness. And then Friday night, you guys were going to the Bloodthirst premiere. It's Woo! the Mahal Brothers, starring lots of people that have been on our show and some and that he's haven't. A vampire. Costas Mandalore is in it. BJ Mezik is in it. Elisa Dowling, Sharon French, Robert Lasardo, and Tara Reid. Um, we're having dinner with BJ tonight and his fabulous wife, Shelly. 
well, I'm crazy about, you know, she's the Julianne Moore lookalike. Yes. And I always have fun with her. So we're looking forward to having dinner with the both of them this evening. Yep. And um, we got two great guests, you guys, coming on today. Our first guest is composer Brian Keene. He's a Grammy winner. He's a Emmy winner. And he's also, lots of his films have been nominated for Academy Awards, um, where he's been a composer. So he's really cool. Um, never met him before, but hopefully we're going to have a great time. And our second guest is coming back for the third time. He was on once before Ron came on, once last year. His name's Tyler Maine. He's a big, big, big star in the horror world. He also plays Sabretooth in the X-Men movies. Um, he's really fun, and he's he launching a He's such a tough guy. He's so frightening. He's so scary. When he comes on the show, watch me destroy him. I'll have him shaking and peeing oh, yeah. in his diapers. I think he's about 6'8". Like I a don't huge care, 6'8". got put about 6'8". I'll give him one shot in the face. I'll knock him right out. Yeah. Hey, don't fool around with me. I'm from Brooklyn, baby. We got tough. Some of the other kids. films, too, you guys. He's been in. Oh, you Forget about it. Don't play with me, baby. I'll he, knock him up on the show. He was also one of the big guys in that movie Troy, that Brad Pitt like. He don't movie. scare me. <laughs> That's supposed to scare me. Yeah, I know. He comes on with that face like he's the so Scorpion King. Meanwhile, meanwhile, what's his shoe size? I don't know. Probably like fourteen. <laughs> You're so naive, Jimmy. You don't know what shoe size means. Yeah, I know. Among <laughs> guys, we have a thing about shoe size. We don't say your wang size. We say shoe size. Anyway. I bet his shoe size is a five and a half. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, I'm super excited. I can't wait for him to come on. I'm going to destroy him. He ain't going to know what head on that big, big sissy Mary. Watch. <laughs> what? What? He thinks he's going to scare me with that. He's the, not supposed to. Tough fixy plates. Get out of here. He's a super cool guy, you guys. We're going to have a lot of fun. He's an icon. I really like him a lot. Yeah, so it's going to be I, a lot I, of fun. I really do. That's, that's why I'm playing with him. Because You know what they say? I remember my mother always said, beware of my indifference. And I believe in that. If you don't tease somebody, you don't care about them. I only care, tease the people I care about because it's it, it, it sort of bonds a friendship better. So don't miss understand when I say these things. I don't mean them, of course. It's all theater. So we also want to say Hub Reynolds joined us. Hey, Hub. How you hubby, doing? Hubby. I feel bad for Hub. So sorry about the loss of your cat. He lost his pussy. And it's sad because he really loved that little kitty cat. Now you'll just have to go out and find some, some other pussy. <laughs> yeah, that's not a, nice way to, not a nice way to joke about it. I guess I'm not joking. It's a cat. It's a pussy. <laughs> yeah. Don't you ever see... Are you being served the English TV show? Well, the woman there used to always talk about her pussy, which was her cat. I think that's funny. And it was a very funny, very funny show. Everybody waited for her to make her pussy comments. Of course, Dirty Minds thought that that pussy meant something else. But Hub and I know that I don't have a dirty mind. But Hub, go out and get another pussy. You'll feel better. That's hilarious. I'm serious, because God forbid anything have happened to Astro after I come out of a coma and a stroke and, I'm, and I kill myself, then I would get another one. I like love But it. I couldn't deal with the fact if I ever lost Astro, I'd have to hang myself. But Astro had a little haircut yesterday. We cut the hair on his face yesterday. So. I cut his I gave him a crew cut. Now he looks like a Marine. 
He's cute, though. He's adorable. He's so cute. Look at him looking at me. I mentioned his name. Dogs are so smart. But really, Hub, I'm sorry about your cat. I really am, because you really wrote about it like he was your buddy. Absolutely. And, and it's sad, Hub. But that's what happens with animals. They don't live long enough. You know, I know some people that should drop dead now. They've lived on the planet too long because they're mean, rotten, no good dogs. People, not dogs. And animals should replace those ugly people. Those bad people should drop dead. And animals should replace them with long lives. Because, you know, I always promote rescuing a pet. If you are elderly, alone, and your kids don't call you and friends don't call you, and you're just very sad, I suggest you get down to, to, to the pet uh, place and adopt a pet. If you adopt a dog, you will live longer. It's a proven fact, scientific fact. All people, if they have pets, they live longer because you have somebody to talk to, somebody to hug. And it not like, like Astro, when I go to bed at night, guess where he is? Curled under my chin. His head is here. And he curls right up under my neck. And I can't sleep if he's not there. I've gotten so used to him being underneath my chin. It's a great comfort to feel that breathing of the dog. And you know what's really cute? He does this, uh, uh, as I do, uh, uh, and he, then he goes, uh, uh. <laughs> so we both love each other. So adopt, adopt a pet, please. They need a good home. And you need to have the love of a pet. So I want to thank everybody for the birthday and anniversary wishes. Everybody commented yes. about I got the Chucky family. So yes. now I've got like I've got a bunch of Chuckies, but now I have Tiffany and Glenn also. Right. And um, we had a great birthday, a great anniversary. So thanks everybody. Ten, ten years married, and none of you listened to me when I said send me some money to divorce this son of a bitch. But nobody <laughs> sent any money, so I guess you don't want me to divorce him. So I guess I'll stay married to him. What am I gonna do? At my age, you might go out, look for somebody. Oh, I do have a couple after me. Did you know there's somebody on my Facebook that's crazy about There's always somebody on your Facebook. No, he's crazy crazy about he you. wants to go out with me. I said, but I'm with Jimmy. He said, I could change that. I said, I doubt it. He said, yes, give me a chance. Could you believe yeah. that at my age? My age? I got some, and the guy is not bad looking. He might be about 45 years old. I want him to know I don't have any money. So if you're looking for an old John to keep you, Go with this one. Actually, everybody's talking about their now now like uh. They what? Uh, everybody's talking about their. Yeah, B. Claudia has a cat. She she got from the shelter, and then Lady Lady Lake is babysitting Gizmo, which is her son's dog. Yeah, you have to adopt. Dogs listen, are awesome, and cats listen, are awesome. Listen to me. If you believe in helping, maybe you can't help people because you don't know how, but you could certainly help an animal, a cat, a dog, any kind of an animal. You know. We, we, we have taken over their territory. We've built homes and buildings and cities where they used to dwell once. And now those poor things are walking around the streets of New York or L.A. starving, being abused by sicko people. So if you rescue a pet, you'll protect it, you'll feed it, you'll care for it. And in return, the love you get, oh, my God, the love is the biggest love in the world. So I also want to give a shout out to Stefan Bell. Uh, it, was, hey, it was his birthday on Friday. My, no, Saturday. Mine was Sunday. His was Saturday. I think that's how it went. The only uh, thing so happy birthday, say, Steph. The only thing I could say about Stefan Bell is he has the most incredibly beautiful, wonderful 
talented, intelligent, sweet wife who's a nurse. Girlfriend. Oh, she's not married? They're not married. It's his girlfriend. Oh, good for her, Tina. Don't marry him. It's not worth it. <laughs> That's not nice. Well, I mean, I thought that she was stuck already with him. <laughs> but Tina, you could do really well. It's so beautiful and so smart and so, you, so, so educated. So you guys, Stefan and I have been friends since the beginning of MySpace. So I don't know how long that is, but it's at least 20 years. And uh, we were both clothing designers. He still is. I'm not really so much anymore. But that's how we like met on MySpace. He's been a dear friend of mine for many, many years. And so I wish him only the best. And I'm happy he had a happy birthday. And I like Stefan a lot myself. I just tease him. See, I'm teasing somebody I like. Stefan is probably one of the most intelligent people I've met. I mean, you can ask him any question and he has the answer. I really think he's extraterrestrial. I've told that to Jimmy when I met him. I said, I think this guy's an alien. He came from another planet because he's like a computer, right? He is like a computer. He's yeah, a freaking computer. He's one of the smartest people. I, I'd, on like the to like, Earth. I'd like to like get a knife and sort of cut his finger to see if he bleeds. Green, probably yeah. not. It's probably some kind green of fake shit. skin. <laughs> no, it's probably some kind of fake skin that his his metal his robotic body is covered in. Tina, is he is he like a real person or is he? An extra choice. Tina took him to see Peter Gabriel for his birthday, which is awesome. Who's Peter Gabriel? Great musician. That's this concert your sisters, your daughters went to Saturday night. He went to Friday night. Oh. I think. Okay. Anyway, we're going to have to bring our guest on in a second. So real quick, you guys, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, Please listen to our podcast on iTunes. We're trying to rise in the charts. We actually dropped a little bit, but I'm not really promoting it with all the terrible things going on in the world. It's not the most important thing. Um, but we would like you to listen to us on iTunes. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. You can also hear us on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Prime. Now we're going to bring on our first guest who wrote that he loves hearing about all the pussy in the chat room. <laughs> His name is Brian Keene, you guys. He's a four-time Emmy-winning composer with 20 nominations. He's a Grammy-winning producer with, I think, 37 nominations. Um, he's, oh, he's, done, oh, he's done 37 Billboard charting albums. Um, he scored six Oscar-nominated films. Um, two of them won Academy Awards. He's a big, big deal. His name is Brian Keene, and we want to welcome to the show right now. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Oh, no, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. And here uh, he is. It's a sound music. <laughs> Hold on. See if you have your little volume thing on. What a nice little thing he's set up, too. Look at his, like, boards and everything and all his awards. Too he can't, we can't hear him. How come we can't hear him, Juan? You got any suggestions? With all that equipment and we can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take away some of those awards. <laughs> No, there should be a, a little microphone button someplace that you can hit. I can't believe it. He's a <laughs> film composer and he can't get sound. I'm going to kill maybe myself. Never, maybe he's never used StreamYard. I'm going to kill myself. Well, I maybe go out. Uh, uh, I haven't. There you are. There you are. Listen to me now. Okay. Okay. Jimmy said you're a big shot and a big deal. I want you to know you're nothing because I yeah. want to deploy the Boy Scouts in <laughs> harmonica. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there you go, Mark. You think you're so big. Did you ever well, that, the Boy Scouts for the harmonica? Uh, no, I can't say that. I, that's uh, that's on my list. No. Oh, hold on. Now we're okay. 
Congratulations on your anniversary, by the way. Ten oh, years, you. you know. You passed the seven, passed the seven year itch, you know. Yes. Uh, it, it, sex is at least biannually still, right? Uh, something yeah. like that. All I could say is I wish you were married to him instead of me. Oh. <laughs> Hold on. Now we do a real intro. Now that we have you on, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right, you guys. Now okay. welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, award-winning composer, producer of Brian Keane. Hello and welcome to the show. Yes, uh, great to be here. Hello. Uh, so yeah. this is our my. Uh, this is Ron Russell. He's my co-host, cool, outrageous man. About no, I'm co-host. the reason you live. No, okay, go ahead. Say hi. Hi. I didn't know. If you, I figured, you know, sometimes you can. I know a lot. Jerry Butler, but, no, not Jerry Butler. Butler, who wrote that wonderful song, is a friend of that. Jerry Butler, you know Jerry from Evergreen Studios. You know, this, I, I mean, it sounds familiar, but I, I, I don't. I don't. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm old. I forget everybody's name. So he's, he's I'm eighty three. <laughs> back to Jerry. Okay. Jerry Butler wrote that beautiful song that Ellie Kazan, uh, that, um, Lenny Kazan did about um, growing old. It was a big, gorgeous song. Anyway, sometimes the, the composers are stiffs. You know what I mean? They're not very, very fun. And I, uh, was, yeah. I said to Jimmy, what's this guy going to be like? I mean, is it going to be a downer? And Jimmy said, uh-huh. I don't know. We'll find out. And I'm happy to say you're not. Because you you played along with me, you're handsome, you have a nice smile, and are you single? Because I have a lot of women out there. <laughs> uh, well, no, I'm sort of in a, in a relationship. Um, you okay, know, it's so a relationship really going <laughs> to bullshit? I, I, by the way, I'm I'm here uh, courtesy of some help. I've got a uh, uh, a, a assistant here. I'll just go. Uh, I uh, laughing in the background. That's so funny. That's Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Uh, Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, ja- ja- Jamie uh, hooked up the, the computer thing. I'm, I'm an executive incompetent, okay? I, I can't, like, operate any of these machines. I have, like, people come in and work them for me, and I just say, you know, get me an oboe or something like that. <laughs> Brian, Brian, what movie... Would I know your music from the most popular movie and hit biggest the biggest achievement in your music? Well, you know, there's a lot of I have a very strange career, I have to say, um, you know, because I started in um, about 1980 scoring uh, documentary films, and it was the first documentary. Uh, that I scored was 1980, and there was no documentary business. There was um, you know, uh, about 10 channels on television. And uh, they had like a documentary, you know, on PBS maybe once a year. And I was doing some bad, you know, uh, vanity demos in a friend's recording studio. And a couple walked in and took care, you know, did a a film about taking care of your teeth, the kind of thing they make you watch during recess, you know, when it rains. And, um, you know, they they liked the band I put together for their teeth song, and they did some, you know, Jimmy Buffett type songs of their own, and I produced a band for them about shrimp boats and things like that. And then they were in Key West, and they noticed these scruffy guys looking out coming off of boats. And in those days, you know, the cameras were big, huge things with big reels of film, and, and uh, they happened to be there to film it. And it turned out to be the Marielle boat lift. And so they didn't know what to do with Cuban music. And I had been working in a duo with Larry Coriel, and I 
was well versed in the in the jazz world to the Latin world uh, with Arturo Sandoval, Yamatoro, people like that. And um, so they said, well, let's get the teeth guy, you know. And uh, the very first no uh, film got nominated for Academy Award. And um, pretty big deal. Everybody else, you know, gets that on the first try. Yeah. And then, and then, um, the, like the year later, all the cable stations started coming on, like the HBO and Showtime and AE and Bravo and Turner and all that stuff. And, um, you know, and I was the guy all of a sudden, you know, I, I did, um, you know, the chimps movie with, with Jane Goodall when, when, uh, when she was introduced by, she was Sheila Nevins at HBO. I did the Burns movies. Um, I did American experience. I did, I worked with Henry Hampton who did eyes on the prize, uh, which was a big movie back then. And, um, the first name, name drop, we like name dropping. Okay. The first, uh, primetime documentary series, um, called ABC turning point. Um, because by then I was, uh, supposedly the John Williams of the documentary. And, awesome. um, and so, um, I, I sort of started forming like, um, you know, what, how the news and documentary was going to interact with music. And it was a really interesting time, really interesting sort of situation because, um, by then I had also been signed as a major label recording artist. But at Turning Point, we were getting 30 million viewers a, a, a night, um, the old days of TV, you know, when you got those kind of numbers, you don't anymore. Um, and um, I thought, am I ever going to reach 30 million people like being Earl Clue II in a jazz club? You know, no. no. Uh, and so I had to like actually get out of my deal with, with Blue Note Records by creating the Bebop Headbangers from Outer Space um, and uh, the bebop headbangers from outer space was intentionally created to get dropped. Um, and uh, I also had some strange right. thing. Uh, did, they like, did they like the bebang headbangers? No, no, I, I did it. I did it uh, sort of to be anti-commercial uh, yeah. with the intention of getting dropped because I thought, well, how am I going to get dropped? I mean, I can't. I've got to serve service the contract unless I can get myself dropped. And I had a number one record, my first record out, called Cam Common Planet. But it was smooth jazz. That's what they were into, smooth jazz. You know? And, you know, uh, the thing about fame is that, you know, like say you're the Beach Boys, uh, you're condemned to playing fun, fun, fun for the rest of your life, you know, right. until the daddy takes the T-bird away. If you, if you played avant-garde yeah. jazz... Oh, yeah, come on. We have tons of friends that have one or two huge hits and that, you know... Yeah. Going you play... You know, if you if you play anything else, they throw shit at you. You know. <laughs> I asked Johnny Mathis years ago, "Do you ever get tired of singing?" Chances are, he said, "Ron, when I sing it, I don't even know I'm doing it." Yeah, yeah. It, it's so automatic that he doesn't even realize at the moment that he's doing it. And well, I'm what's what's really interesting about scoring? Um, uh, you know, music for television and, and, and movies and things like that is that um, a lot of people don't know they're being affected by it. You know, I've had people go, oh, I love that movie. It was really moving. Uh, I didn't realize there was music in it, you know. And, <laughs> and, 
the most important. What? Uh, listen, a movie like Love is a Many Splendored Thing right. and Three Boys in a Fountain never would have been the films they were if the score wasn't so magnificent. Oh, no, the, the score is, is instrumental, and the producers and the directors know that. Uh, but the public doesn't know it. And that puts you in a sort of interesting position, particularly when you're dealing with reality uh, in news and documentary, because these are real things, right? Real people, real things are happening. And, um, you know, the, when the Fairness Doctrine, uh, do, do you guys know about the Fairness Doctrine? I don't even know what that is. Okay, well, that was a, um, that was a law in uh, broadcasting from 1949 until 1987. And, um, and Reagan did away with it in 87. And this was right as I was emerging as a you know, documentary composer when this whole field was emerging. And there was a real debate whether there should be music in news and documentary at all, because it affects how people feel. I mean, I can make anybody seem like a hero or a clown, depending upon how I score them, right? And you know, if you, I have a question for you. Yeah. Lately, some of the movies I have been watching annoy the shit out of me. It's not music. They have this noise now they put in. Clanging, banging, buzzing, humming. What the hell is that? It would uh, well, it's, it's usually called sound design, and, and the idea of a melody seems to have gone away in, in scoring uh, for this sort of invisible type of support. You know, and, and, and scoring a documentary is quite a bit different than scoring uh, a, um, a dramatic film, which I've done both. You know, I did um, uh, stuff for, I did a Stephen King movie, I did work for Barry Levinson, um, you know, various things like that. But, um, uh, the docu what, what's different about documentary is that, you know, you, you have an obligation to the subject that you're talking about. And it has to, like, say if you're doing a historical subject, it's going to be the same subject 15 years, 20 years, 30 years from now as it is now. Because it would say you're doing, let's say, Mickey Mantle. Uh, Mickey Mantle, that story ended in, you know, the 60s or whatever. And um, it's, it's no different. So if you make the ultimate Mickey Mantle documentary, then people keep watching it for 30 years. But in order for that to happen, you have to make a score that's really timeless because if you use like the drum machines of the 1980s and it sounds like Phil Collins, all of a sudden everybody knows, hey, that score was done in the 1980s and it ruins the whole documentary, right? So it's a whole different sort of thing uh, to to score documentary than it is to score other things because it's uh, there's more of a social commitment. My first exposure documentary film was my brother-in-law, Evan J. Anton. He won an award, an Emmy or something, for The Penguins. It was a, the most fabulous documentary. Oh, that's a wonderful documentary. Wonderful, and, yeah. And he scored it. He, he, he had it scored, but beautifully, because you know how penguins walk? They sort yeah. of waddle. The music waddled with the penguins, and I think that helped him win. I, I think he got... So I, no, I don't think it was an Emmy. I think he won something from the Explorers Club in New York, a big award. Okay. Anyway, I, it's a long time ago. He's talking. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> back 1960, 1960. And I remember saying to him, Evan, the music I think really embellished the film and made it better. And he agreed. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, uh, well, you know, it, it's it's really interesting thing, you know, because as media develops and and technique develops and and um, AI is now part of it and and all this stuff, you know, it's pretty hard to tell shit from Shinola, you know, if you're looking at stuff. Um, he thinks he says that all the time. <laughs> stole my expression. The other problem, the other problem that we always have in a lot of films nowadays is the fact that. A lot of times the music is so loud, though, that you can't hear the people talking. That's because they're lousy actors. Uh, yeah, and it yeah. doesn't happen much in bigger films, but it does happen, you know, in... Because, listen, I came into the business in 1959. Okay, right? yeah. The big cameras, like you said, the set of that kind of woman that I was on, my first movie, the lights were burning us. It was so We were shooting in a railroad station in Long Beach, Long Island with Sophia Loren and Tab Hunter. And the lights, my God, they were the size of moons. Anyway, I forgot what I was going to say because I'm old, see? Um, <laughs> what was I understand. It was, it was, I feel great. It was a very important point I was making. I was going for it. When you come back. I'll be damned if I can remember. I want to brag a little. So let me brag. First of all, you guys, if you want to find out more about Brian, you can go to his website, which is briankeenmusic.com. Just make sure you spell Keen correctly, K-E-A-N-E. So you were born in Philadelphia. We actually lived in Doylestown uh, for five years okay. before yeah. we moved out here. My daughter is move. My daughter is in Philly right now in New Hope. She's moving there. She's leaving Palm Springs. She hates okay. Palm Springs. Um, well, well, New Hope's uh, in the Delaware Water Gap. It's a little north, of, but it's beautiful oh, there. Yeah. You hit my that bridge when I go over that bridge coming in from Jersey to Phil to Pennsylvania. And you yeah. look down and you see that water and those trees. Oh my God, the desert stinks. We live in the desert, Palm Springs. It yeah. is so, it's dead. Everything is dead. You don't see green or Pennsylvania. Well, you know, they, they, they didn't do the proper raking job. And then those space lasers came and, you know, that, that's, it just Remember ruined this. Well, the dust comes in your house. You want to kill Okay, it. so I. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm a New Yorker from Brooklyn, actually, and I find Pennsylvania to be probably one of, if not the most beautiful state in the United States, and it's never been called that. But the yeah, mountains, it, it's a beautiful well, of course, around, around Philadelphia, you got all those stone farm buildings and the windy streets. It's really beautiful there. Charming. Uh, I enjoyed all yeah. the way up the river. I, yeah. I, was, I wanted to build a house, I told Jimmy, all the way up the river. All yeah. the way up, and the town was called, I forgot. But it's all the way up. It's a big town, a famous okay. town. And, uh, of course, we moved here because of business. But anyway, I want to brag. Yeah, yeah. Actually, first of all, we have a chat room full of people, and they're all, like, writing stuff. And normally, at the beginning of the show, we have our guests say hello to everybody in the chat room. We skip that. Okay, okay. In the chat room. Because they're all loving you. Say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hello, yeah. everybody in the chat room. That's, that's great. Hi, chat. Hi, chat. <laughs> all right. So here's that's some, Jamie. There's some bragging, guys. This is what I took off your website. So if something is wrong, I think I got it all on your website. Four-time Emmy-winning composer with 20 nominations. Grammy-winning producer with 37 Billboard charting albums. Scored six Oscar-nominated films. Two of them won Academy Awards. Scored nine Peabody Award-winning films, 
You got inducted into the New England Hall, New England Music Hall of Fame in 2021. Um, I also wrote 2020 recipient of the New York Festival's Grand Award, but I don't actually. That's I don't. I know what all the other ones are. I don't actually know what that is. <laughs> well, wait a you wait know, a uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He did not get a Boy Scout award for playing okay. the <laughs> That's right, but you know, I just saw. Uh, I know that that Randy Edelman has has been on your show, and and yeah, uh, I, I just saw him at the uh, the New England uh, Music uh, induction for him. I, I introduced him in the uh, in his induction into the New England Music Hall of Fame, just and like uh, we 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 were remarking about how the the fish the 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 trophy which has got a, uh, a, like a whale tail, like very New England whaling sort of thing, looking thing, um, is kind of a fish's ass. So uh, uh, I don't know, you know, how many composers can, you know. I'm going to tell them that I heard you won the fish's ass. Yeah, well, we call, we call it the ass now, you know, just, just to shorten. Um, and Randy, uh, he's a wild guy. He's funny. <laughs> Uh, so you know, uh, we, we neither of us got inducted into the Polka Hall of Fame. So you know, this will have to do. But you know, the um, uh, um, you know, we had the um, uh, uh, this this award ceremony. It was it was quite a lot of fun, and we had a lot of laughs, and and um, uh, it was interesting. You know, it was it was an interesting sort of night. To, uh, and Randy is very talented, of course. All those great movies he scored. And he's more on the theatrical side of things, and and he's had some great pop stuff, you know. Um, now, if you would have told him you were coming on our show. He would have told you not. To. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, 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 probably. Well, I don't know, but you know, uh, I, 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 Eileen um, set set things up, and and you know, and she's wonder, wonderful, you know. Eileen, I, I, Eileen, Eileen Shapiro, wonderful, wonderful person, and uh, you know. Let me brag. So here's some of the things that we've done. very upset, you know. They ran out of fabric. They can no longer make bras in her sides. Ah, well, yeah, but but maybe maybe boots would, would work, you know. So hang on. Hang on. Well, I mean, it's Jimmy's plot. So, yeah. <laughs> like in me. I love I mean, So one of the things I want to do. Nice people. So nice. you scored a, a TV show. You did the opening theme for it. And I've never seen the show, but I like read all about it. The name of the show was Copper. And it was said Copper. Hacken. Copper. Oh. Not Topper. Topper. Topper was our era, but no, no, it was Copper. Like the metal, Copper. Right, and it's, yeah. it was it was made for BBC yeah, America. Uh, no, it was he was made for BBC America. It's set in the 1860s New York City during the American Civil War, and so you wrote the theme for it. Plus, you probably did you also do music on the episodes, or did you yeah, music? yeah, no, I scored the whole thing. Yeah, with with it was it was wonderful. It was with Barry. You know, I. I had um, retired in 2010. It was 14 years ago, or 13 years ago, and um, I decided that I couldn't just murder squirrels on a golf course in Florida um, and be satisfied. And I wanted to get back to doing something. And there, there was a Barry, and he had had trouble finding a composer because this thing uh, was about an Irish ghetto in Civil War New York, and I had scored. Um, uh, Civil War, and I'd scored The Long Journey Home, uh, won a Grammy for that with the Irish in America, and I had scored um, New York, the documentary, which was really interesting. And, you know, that is a sort of an ongoing documentary. 
Um, and so uh, he had me score this thing, uh, and it was a great opportunity. We, we did, um, we had a bunch of Irish musicians, uh, which, you know, it's hard to get the budget for live musicians now in, in television. It used yeah. to be that, you know, I had a whole bunch of people in, but now it's like, you know, it's it's computers, you know, in kids, like kids have, with computers in their mom's basements is basically yeah. scoring it. Do they have studio musicians anymore? Uh, yes, yes, they do. In in my neck of the woods, I, I'm 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 in Connecticut, and um, the uh, we use Broadway musicians mostly because because they are allowed to sub. You know, so the guys who play the dead white guy stuff, you know, the, um, they have to, uh, they're on a salary. They've got to be, you know, at rehearsal all the time and uh, they have to play nothing but Mozart and whatever, you know. Um, and uh, so they, that, over time, they kind of like atrophy in those places. And um, the Broadway guys, they can sub 50% of the time. And so they're the ones if, like, you know, uh, Barbara Streisand comes to Madison Square Garden needs an orchestra, it's the Broadway guys that are getting that gig. And they're doing a lot of the, the recording for, for various types of recording. So they're great readers. They're really versatile. Um, you know, they're, they're great people to work with. Um, so, I, so what I did is I, I sent, I found it on YouTube, and I sent it to the, our engineer, um, it's really short, but it's the opening credits of Copper. So what I want to do so people can hear it is you just say what it is, like who you are and what it is, and then we're going to play it. Right I think so. I think they, we'll they may okay. kick it off. That no, will be all right. The communists are taking over. Did you know that? Yeah. Well, I have an answer though for myself, and I'll and I'll and I'll, and I'll talk about that. Um, no, I'm a proud communist myself. Hey, <laughs> this is not a communist move. You composed it. You manufactured it. You did it. It's yours, but we're not allowed to play it with your permission. And you, now you tell me that's bullshit. That they have that kind of hold on us to stop us the freedom of giving yeah, your sure. product promotion. Yeah, uh, I. I uh, you can play any any number of things on mine because, I, and that's a very interesting subject. Maybe maybe too involved for this, but um, I've. I've be bringing it no, up. I bring it up because I hate them. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, uh, it, it is, uh, you know, it's a it's a predatory uh, environment, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the entertainment business. It's, um, you know, it I, th I, I think uh, George Burns said it best, is that the most important thing in this business is, is sincerity. Once you can fake that, you got it made. But um, the, um, I, I think that the, pro this is a you, you want to do this? Okay. I want to play. You want to play. He wants to play the. He wants to play the thing. Go ahead. Intelligent people, maybe three or four, that watch our show, that might want to get involved with that because it's it's called it's what is the word? It's called he doesn't own the rights to the music because it's a TV show. I do actually do own the rights to to well actually to to a We had a couple of really big singers come on with Chris video and then they shut us down because we played it you know why because we go right. out to, we go out to five million, right now five million people will get this show all over the world that's how we transmit with the number right. one bullshit show in case you didn't know it and people were coming in to listen to this one performer and here we built it up like 
Barbara Streisand and she's going to sing Evergreen, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly it's gone. So we look like schmucks. I mean, they say, what's yeah. wrong? Yeah, they took it out later, right? Yeah. No, they stopped it's in the middle. Got, we've got to <laughs> stop. They stopped us in the middle. <laughs> we've got to stop censoring. Anyway. Censoring is not good for our business. You you go ahead and announce it. This is your theme from Copper. Juan, you play the video and you hang on because we're going to be right back. Uh, this is from Copper, my theme from Copper, uh, Barry Levinson's Copper, and, and uh, that's what it is, the theme. we got got uh, Emmy nomination on it. Yay. Good, 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 good. Music makes me want to see this show because it's exciting, it's moving, it was running. The music was making me run. I don't know what the story is about, but it must be about a copy up to somebody running. No, I, just, I mentioned what it was about. No, I want the storyline, not just what they mentioned. In other words, it, is, it, is it a cop running after somebody? Because that's what the music told me. Uh, it, well, Copper is, is um, a story about a. a a, a cop who's um, living in this sort of world of, of uh, the Irish ghetto in 1864 in New York. And there's a romantic part of it. And there was a lot of very horrible, you know, actually half of it was set in a whorehouse uh, in, in, you know, in a, uh, a saloon. Um, and, uh, you know, some of his informants and friends and characters are, are that. And we actually had a, a pianist, who played the the actual songs that they played in the 19th century? And um, uh, ironically, he was a, a church pianist who had just had the, the right sound. You know, you didn't want somebody like completely pro because they weren't. They were like sort of amateur people playing in these bars and stuff. And so um, we, we try to maintain an accuracy. You know, it's a very good score now. If we ever meet, and I have the time for you, which I'm a very busy man, I will teach you how to play the harmonica. 
Okay. Well, I do have some harmonica stuff too. You may uh, win, it, win an award if you learn to play as well as I play. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I had, I had a few good harmonica players that I've had on my scores for over the years. Like I've never played one in my life. Oh, well, Toots Thielman was pretty good. You know, he was a wonderful guy too. Um, and, but also uh, uh, Richard Hunter is really great. Uh, Will Gallison. There's a few of them. Rob Paparazzi. Uh, be believe it or not, we've had a bunch of them. Uh, uh, you know, I scored um, the History of New York, uh, which was really interesting because... Wait, 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 hang on, stop. Where can I see that? I want to see that. The History of New York. Yeah, that's that's a Burns uh, documentary gigantic series. And I, they're going to do two more episodes. Um, it, it, it's on. It's on all over the place. It was originally a PBS project, um, so you can you can get that at American Experience. Uh, you can just look, type it into Google search, and you'll find it. Um, I want to see. Call Copper, you guys. No, no, New York. We're talking about. Which it was really interesting thing to score New York because you go well, you know. It's like scoring the history of the world. You might as well, right? You know, how do you focus that? And no, I'm uh, interested in seeing because I'm and, a, such a devout New Yorker. I, I miss right, it. right. And this is this is what, what here's what's so interesting about it is that um, you know the New York is a diverse, amazing place. That how do you focus it on it? You know. And yeah. when I walked into the, the the edit room, they were using Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. But Rhapsody in Blue at that time, and we're talking about the late 90s, okay, um, was the theme song for United Airlines. So every time you heard it, you thought you were going on an airplane ride, right? They had already sort of ruined it. And it's been and, done uh, the Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah. So, so they said, uh, okay, here's what we want you to do. We want you to write a Rhapsody in Blue, but we want it to work for the, uh, the Dutch in the 1600s and still work for the Puerto Ricans coming in the 1950s. And I said, are you out of your fucking mind? You know, so I, I was like, you know, I mean, it was absolutely important. And then um, it occurred to me that there was a solution, that all these people, whether it was the Dutch or the Puerto Ricans or whatever, uh, they all came to New York looking to find a home in which they could reinvent themselves. And that's a powerful uh human yearning that it, damn if it didn't connect the whole thing connected the whole series you know that yearning that that has always been part of new york it's not uh it's not something new it's something that's that was there for the dutch and um i grew it, up in time those are the, my growing up days and you grew I'm up with 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 the dutch no, but I married. <laughs> my ex-wife was Dutch. No, but I grew up in the fifties with the Puerto Ricans, and yeah. I have many, many Puerto Rican friends who I still have and I love. But yeah. I them assimilate. They came here from Puerto Rico, a little too gold blame, a little too gold tooth, a little too Puerto Rican. You know, now they are the chicest people in New York City. My Puerto Rican friends dress beautifully, better. Yeah. Than most, yes, and the women are absolutely stunning looking now. They've assimilated; they became more Americanized, and that's what we have to do now with all these new people coming in illegally. They've got to learn to assimilate 
and become Americans. We don't, like right now in Palm Springs, it's a disgrace. Palm Springs has turned to crap. Every street corner now has tents with people selling food, like Tijuana. It's not right. It's against the Board of Health. It just ruins Palm Springs. Like outside your, like, $5 million house. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. If it's not the homeless with their push carts laying in the street in stool vomiting, and all the, all the Hispanics now that have come from... this conversation? I'm, I'm political sometimes. Oh. <laughs> I, want, no, I want people... Listen, there are shows about the truth, Jimmy. That's why we're number one, because we don't fuck around here. All right? I say what I like. They don't like it, kick me off the air. Palm Springs used to be known for the movie stars, the glamour, and the beauty. It no longer is. The, I don't know who they are, have taken it over. It's no longer spoken in English. It's no longer run like America anymore. It's like I'm in Tijuana. And I'm not well, lying. You know, I, I think the whole disingenuous thing about the whole uh, illegal immigrant sort of thing is that uh, they could fix it, like, without any walls, without anything. And that's just by cracking down on those people who are hiring Ill illegal immigrants. That's true, um, too. <laughs> and, they and they, they, don't do, they never do that, which means that they're not really genuine, but they're just using it as a political device, you know. No, um, they, they get, listen, I'm not lying to you. They put up a huge tent with light bulbs. They have a generator and a, and a thing to cook. And they're cooking food. And it's cash only. They're not paying taxes. I pay taxes. The restaurants I go to pay a fortune in taxes. These people are making illegal money, not paying taxes. And our democratic government is looking the other way. Now, years ago, Board of Health would have closed them down and the IRS would have got them for non-payment of taxes. So what has happened is these people who have come here are getting treatment that we did not get and we yeah. do not get. And I resent it. And you out there, if you don't like it, don't watch the show. Yeah, I, I agree that the that, that illegal immigrants shouldn't be coddled by the government. Um, but I also think that if you're going to crack down on illegal e uh, immigrants, you're going to uh, you're not really genuine unless you crack down on those people employing them. Like, you know, the ones who work in the Mar-a-Lago kitchen, you know. So uh, I think that when when you uh, uh, if you if you have a, a situation like that, you know, you got to, you know, I don't know. My whole business of, of news and documentary and stuff um, and the, the business of, of creating music is all about truth. It's all about emotional. What music, enduring music is 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 really what's really great about enduring music is it's this emotional truth. And that emotional truth um, works the same way, no matter who the character is, interestingly enough. So that, I mean, I, if I do uh, sort of a moving piece of music um, and I put it behind, um, you know, uh, one character, I can take that same piece of music and put it behind another character and it will, they, they will appear moving. And um, and when you realize the power of that, and of course directors and producers do, um, then um, you know the the potential to uh, to for, to use that is say for somebody who just takes the highest bidder and and does whatever they ask is is like you know is 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 actually. Uh, potentially very detrimental to, to the world, to the society.
Um, and so, uh, you know, I think I that... Don't, we, I, don't see, I don't see diversity, and I do not see equality. They speak of it, but I don't see it. Right. Because what I have to do to live on this planet, most don't have to do. Okay? They're given. That's not fair. My father came here from Italy, illegally. My father jumped ship. Okay? Mm -hmm. His name so he wouldn't get caught. Right. Went to work. He went to work as a house painter. And he sure. assembled to being an American. And he married my mother, who was an American, and automatically became an American. And he was a proud American. And he never spoke Italian in public, only in the house with my mother when they didn't want me to know what they were saying, but I understood Italian. <laughs> After a while, you learn. My father was so stupid, he thought that I wasn't going to learn the words. So this is all I say is, welcome to America. We don't say, no, don't come here. But when you come here, do what we do. We, we, we have formed a system for so many years in this country, a style of dress, a, a mentality, a way of behaving. Do it. Because if you don't, you're going to lose. You can't bring your country to our country and expect us to become your country. It'll never happen. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, it, it, one of the things in the update of New York is that, um, you know, they used to have Chinatown and Little Italy and Harlem and all these ethnic neighborhoods, right? Um, all over New York. But it's all homogenized now. And it's homogenized based upon economic status, of course. So um, it, it's it's interesting how things change. I mean, we're, we're in a, a situation. I, I Personally... I'm a squattist, okay, which means uh, I don't know squat in the scheme of things, and I'm pretty sure that nobody else does either. Uh, but, you know, that's that's just my own personal philosophy because I look at, like, you know, those pictures they have of Earth from far away in space, and I see this little blue dot in a vast sea of nothingness, and it's been circling endlessly around one in some 20 trillion stars for its entire existence. So I kind of think that, you know, all this, you know, fame stuff and all the, the, the sort of grandiosity of, of what people think they know and, and, and how they're so much better than somebody else, it's kind of so, know, delusion. No, no one is better than anyone else. You know why? Is, is that you know, we're all, in the morning, they all sit on the same throne. Yeah. But, but more more importantly, we all get to 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 have this existence that that that's so unbelievably unlikely. Just just sperm odds alone in the age of porn. I mean, you know, but uh, but the 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 existence that we have. If you look at that little dot and you go, okay, nothing exists for like light years around it, and yet on this little blue dot, we all get to exist um, and have this chance, have this life. Um, it's really, truly amazing opportunity. It's like winning the lotto 15 times in a row or something, if you think about the odds, you know, and then the, how we got to be here, you know, it's like some electrode hits a compound, it forms an amoeba, forms a, you know. Well, I uh, on a spacecraft, so I know that we are the, we are the aliens. <laughs> no, we <laughs> I believe that millions of years ago, we lived on another planet, and we escaped from that planet because we were destroying it, and we came to this planet. And many people believe that. Hey, if you could believe that Jesus Christ, a man, is the son of God, 
And and he did all these miracles, then why can't you believe in an alien? No, the stories are just as fantastic. Well, you know, as I said, I'm a squattish, so every theory is, is of equal value for as far as I'm concerned. Okay, I need to talk. I, you, you could talk. I want to say one thing to Brian. Brian, thank you for bringing us music, because music belongs to everyone. It's international. Yes. And because of your music, you could make things happen, believe it or not. You can. Your music can talk a story. Music does that. Because certain politicians, when they're on television, they play ugly music to get people to dislike them. Or they play happy. But you know how to do all of that, actually. I do, yeah. You did a documentary on New York, and it's a very important documentary. That's what we talked about before. Uh, What are you, sleeping? I'm bringing it up again. I want to see it. Let me see that. Wait, let let me say something. We, I, I have to plug this. It's like the history of New York. I have to plug this. Michelle Dougherty, the English actress, is the most brilliant actress we have today. She is in an, a series that's a couple of years old, and it's called Good Behavior. I am watching it for the second time, and we are binging it. The show is incredible. Her performances are breathtaking. She is the most talented actress of all time. Tonight, I think we concluded, and I'm going to then watch your. How, how do we see? How do we see your? He said it's all. He said it's all. No, you were talking about copper is all. No, over. he, wasn't he said about New, the New York. York to me. This, the, 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 the copper takes place in New York. You have the conversation. No, no, you have the two up. movies wrong. No. there's a documentary called New York History, and then there's a TV series called oh, copper. copper. Yeah, I got yes. it. Yeah, yeah, two different things. Yeah, two different projects. Yeah, there's all, all kinds of pro- things, you know, that, that are still out there that I've scored. You know, the the, uh, the hockey team that beat the Russians, that Do You Believe First in Miracles? Of all, my favorite sports movie, the movie with starring Kurt Russell. And so you actually did. I yeah, that's why I have to block the do you believe? Do you believe in Miracle? Miracle is the story of the 1980 U.S. hockey team. Yeah, I, I, did the, I did the documentary that spurred the movie. It was produced by Ross uh, Greenberg, who was the head of HBO Sports. It's smart. Greatest like feel good movies like ever in the yeah, world. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's always yeah, um, and um, you know uh, it's it's really interesting business. You get to you get to learn a lot of cool things. You get you know, you, uh, obscure things that impress uh, your friends that you know them. You know, especially when you can't remember their name when you get old like me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you well, know, I, I could. I, I wrote down though that you like actually. Uh, so you also did. Uh, you worked on The Night Fire, which is a Stephen King movie spy game with Robert Redford and Brad Pitt. The Hunting Party was a great movie with Richard Gere, James Brolin, and Terrence Howard. Free Willy Escape from Pirate's Cove, I didn't see. I saw the other Free Will movies, but I didn't see mm-hmm. that one. And then Beauty and the Beast, but that's not the Beauty and the Beast that we saw that, here. That's, a that's the French one. The French, the French did a version of it. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah. I was looking at it, and I didn't actually like recognize it. So do, do you like doing... Uh, the documentaries better than doing the actual like films. I know you've done a lot more. Do you have a- you know, I, I, I think music is a, a universal language and I can uh, have fun, you know, I mean, uh, I can have fun doing a serious thing. I can have, I have a lot of fun doing comedy. I love comedy. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's it, what it is, what music is, is sort of a, uh, a soul-to-soul communication language that works, uh, you know, even even with animals. You know, uh, 
you have a dog or a cat and they, they hang around and listen to the music. You know, they, they, it's, it's, it's amazing how, how communicative it is and, and how powerful it really is. And you really said, sort of how, how in, incognito it is in a way too, because, you know, when we were young, uh, they, music was a form of entertainment where you sat around and, um, you know, uh, actually listen to music on giant speakers and maybe smokes too much pot or something like that. Uh, but you know, uh, now it's like, sort of like a background. It's like a wallpaper, you know? So it's always there. This brings me back to Johnny Mantis. Yeah. More people got pregnant listening to Johnny Mathis than any other singer. Because when Johnny sang of romance, everybody fell in love. And don't you think I had the balls to say this to him? Because I love him. He's a sweetheart of a guy, you know. He's a regular Joe. He's no snob. He's no star. He's like yeah. a regular fellow. So I said to him, I said, Johnny, how many women got knocked up because of your music? He said, oh, millions, millions. I said, <laughs> why is it? He said, because in so much as his music was love, it was sexual. And I said to him, you know what? If you really listen to some of those songs, they are sexual. So to some, sure. people, to some people, it was romance, and some people, it was sexual. And that's what you're saying in your music. Everybody gets from your music something different or the same. Well, you know, I, I have made a science of, of trying to, and it was, it was really interesting because I started out in like sort of intellectual side of music, you know, with touring with jazz people who were very famous and all that. And uh, what I discovered in doing documentaries and, and films and stuff, um, and even in producing records, is that the emotional side of music is every big as a, a well as the intellectual side of music, if not bigger. And it is uh, this fascinating thing to mind because you can actually, um, if you seek emotional truth, you can actually find it and express it in a musical sort of term. And, Classic uh, music does it. Classical music is a movie. I mean, my father used to make me lie in bed at night. He put the radio on because that's how old I am, radio. And he put a classical station on. And my father would say, hear the ocean? Listen to the trees. See, there's a bird flying. And he yeah. taught me to listen to music. So good music, well-written music, tells the story. A lot Actually, of the, wait, wait, wait. Let me just finish because I'm political. A lot of the crap today, like rap. What in the rap. hell is rap? What is, that's not music. That's somebody talking it. about some bullshit that nobody cares about. All right? Right. I'm well, not. you know, I, I, I do wonder whether, you know, 50 years from now, like, you know, I, I had a high school reunion a few years back and, you know, the, the music from our high school reunion were like the Beatles and the Stones and, you know, this kind of thing. And I'm just wondering 50 years from now, are people going to be, you know, singing along to Wet Ass Pussy? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, you know, uh, with that. But um, any rate, uh, you know. What I do, I do want to mention that that one. I have a, do have a movie that's pre, uh, premiering soon, that was really interesting um, and and uh, a great, you know, emotional opportunity, which was actually a Holocaust film called Here Lived, and um, it was about um, 
this German artist who made these stones that uh, you put in the streets um, because these families never got a, uh, you know, uh, they never got a, a grave. You know, they were taken. Are you talking oh. about the tombstones of the Jews? They made sidewalks? Yeah, on sidewalks. Uh, yeah, Stolpersteins, they call them. And it was a German artist whose father was in the SS that came up with this idea. And now there's like over 100,000 of them. And this film follows, you know, their, um, you know, the personal stories of survivor families of like people who are smuggled out when they're four years old. Uh, one, you know, it's, a, it's an amazing uh, sort of story, an amazing twist on that same story. Um, and, it, you know, it makes you really feel um, like you can support something really important. You know, uh, a few years earlier, I did a film about driving while black. Um, and that was when all that, you know, George Floyd and all that stuff was happening. And the, the history of, of the, the mobility tied to slavery and all that stuff is really amazing. I mean, um, you know, you get to do ser serious things. And like, you know, now we have all this problems in the Middle East is the latest thing, you know. And here, I mean, I in the 1980s, I got a call to do a film called Suleiman the Magnificent. And I started laughing. I thought it was a Monty Python comedy. That's how much I knew about Suleiman the Magnificent. He would call himself Suleiman the Magnificent. And I, I learned that it was, you know, eventually about the Ottoman Empire. So I've, I've done like, you know, um, all over the all over the spectrum here. I'm doing a, a Holocaust film on one side of the fence and and uh, did the Ottoman Empire on the other. So it's like, um, Brian, Brian, tell me a little bit more about the Holocaust film right now. We have like two minutes. So we don't have right, to... <laughs> right now, right now, we need to know. Because anti-Semitism is the most disgraceful, disgusting, ignorant, stupid fucking thing that exists on our planet. Anti-anybody, race, anti-color, sexuality, yep. any kind of anti is ignorance. It's damaging. It's dangerous. And what's yep. happening now in Israel is disgusting. It is. You know, it's, it's, it's ignoring the gift that we're all given. You know, we're all given this, this opportunity of, of existence. And we're never going to have anything bigger than that. I don't know why we're trained in schools, you know, to, you know, to learn algebra so we can sit in a cubbyhole, you know, figuring out insurance forms or something. Um, you know, it, it, we're, we're, we're trained that, you know, status and power and money is the most important thing. But existence is the most important thing because, I mean, it's just logical. What, what, what good would the money be if you didn't exist, right? It's just right. logical. <laughs> I hate to keep referring to my father, but my father was Jewish. And my father said to me before he passed away 30 years ago, he said, you know, Israel will be at war. He said, it's inevitable. The Jews are going to be, uh, there's another Holocaust coming. And I said, oh, Papa, no way. That yeah. you know, never could be a Holocaust again. Are you kidding? You know, we're all, we're all beyond that. And here we are, folks. Yeah, well, you know, holocausts, unfortunately, have been part of human history, and very often, you know, they're 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 con men who who get uh, some sort of uh, delusionary thing going, like a cult, and and they they focus everybody's problems on on some minority, 
um, as an easy solution for people's problems, and they fall for it like suckers every time. And um, you know, it's it's really should be made more aware. People should be made more aware of it. I'm I'm very aware of it because I'm scoring stuff, and I and I see what people are trying to do in the media from the from the you know, from the, how the sausage is made sort of perspective. And, um, you know, uh, the, uh, the documentary you're doing, tell us a little bit. About no, we, we don't have time. Okay. okay. Well, here, here is, 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 is produced by uh, a, a, a Jewish uh, woman named Jane Wells who's English. And um, she, uh, she produced it for three generations film and it's uh, about um, the um, these stones that are placed in the streets in Europe uh, to commemorate um, uh, Jewish families who were taken by the Nazis. And um, it's deeply moving and very unusual uh, look. And it's in some ways uh, inspiring in, in a different way because these are Germans who are who realize how terrible this was, and they're trying to do something. And <laughs> You know, these are these are, uh, and they're of another generation. You know, they're gener not the the Hitler generation. They're of the new generation, and and you know, when we learn about our history, even the worst of it, you know, we can we can learn, uh, we can get better from it, from from not right, right here lived. Brian, you're as nice and as good as your music. Thank you and very I'm much. You came on it's our show. You're a good guest. You were fun, you were open, you were honest, and you're real. And that's the most important thing to be. And you guys can find out and, more about Brian by going to briankeenmusic.com. Because I couldn't find you on like Instagram or any social media platforms, right? Basically, it's your website. Well, you know, uh, that's a whole other subject. Maybe maybe I'll come back and we'll talk okay. about it. But <laughs> And you will come back and we'll talk more about the new movie. Brian, have okay. a Day. We thank you thank so much. One, wonderful to, to chatting with both of you and happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Brian Keen, check it out. Thank you, Brian. Uh, Brian Keen, and um, chat with him. Thanks for everybody for being there. And Brian, we'll see you soon, hopefully. Bye bye. Absolutely. Thanks. Bye bye. I want to do a quick commercial again. Here we go. Everybody, Saturday, we're going to Madame Tussaud's museum. Wax Museum for the holiday, uh, Halloween holiday masquerade party. Halloween hotness. Hollywood, Hollywood Halloween hotness. And um, I'm dressed as a cowboy because it's a Western thing. I know some of you can't go, but you can be there in spirit. And if you donated a little bit of money to St. Jude's Hospital for Children, your spirit will escalate fly and be it's halloween-hotness.com you can go and make a contribution or you can buy a ticket and go to the event right. all right now we're going to bring on our next guest i'm super excited to oh, back oh, on oh, and oh, let's oh, go ahead oh, and bring tyler oh, oh. Sure, hey guys thanks for having me on yay He's so tough. Look at him. He's shaking. Ron, you look great in that hat, my friend. That is amazing. Yeah, well, this is the Halloween hotness. That's at the Madame Tussauds on Saturday, and it's a benefit for St. Jude's Hospital, Children's Hospital. And we're one of wow. the sponsors. 
Uh, that is cool. amazing, are you, guys. Are you doing, well, let me get to an introduction. Oh, I, don't know. I know, but like for the rest of the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the incredibly cool and talented Tyler Maine, back for the third time. This is his third time on the show in the last Because we years. like him. And uh, we want to welcome you back. Hello and hello and hello. Yay. Hey. So who's Karen lately, Big Shot? Huh? Who are you staring lately? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Tis the season, so Michael Myers <laughs> might have to come out. I don't know. <laughs> I saw like you were in, like the forty-five years of Halloween or something, wasn't that like yeah. recently? Yeah, we just had the Halloween forty-fifth. Man, there, there have been a lot of Michael Myers uh, that I just got to meet for, for the very first time in uh, Pasadena. It was it was amazing, great time to see everybody. And uh, the franchise has been going strong. So, yeah. How many, how many times are you Michael Myers? I know you're at least two. Two. Two times, yeah. Okay. For the Rob Zombie Halloweens, yep. Okay, so the first one in Halloween, too. Okay. And you really scared the hell out of the public. I got well, then I did my job right. Oh, no. That character, <laughs> that character will live on forever. Him and the other one, and Jason. Jason is also yeah. We've had every Jason on the show, yeah. and we've had a many of the many many of the Michael Myerses on the show. Tyler, do you um, go to book signings? I mean, uh, pictures. Yeah, signings? that's what he just did. Yeah, yeah, you I wanna, do. I go to conventions and stuff. One? You want to promote? No, one? we have another one. We're going to promote. He's got something new. We're getting ready to talk what is about. He, what has he got that he's not telling? No, we're getting ready to promote something <laughs> big. <laughs> guys. All right, first of all, I want to say so. You guys. Let me, uh, first of all, you guys, if you want to follow Tyler on Instagram, he's at the Tyler Maine, the real Tyler Maine, sorry, the real Tyler Maine. And yesterday, Tyler Maine, with his group of esteemed, like all these big wig people in the comic book industry, launched a Kickstarter campaign for a new comic book called The Last Spartan Red Tape. It's by Maine Entertainment, which is his company. What is it called? It's called The Slowly. Last. Enunciate. Speak English. The Last Spartan colon, red tape. Good. You yeah. and, um, and and I'm going to let Tyler tell us a little bit about it, but number one, I want to say you know, you're killing it on Kickstarter, dude. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Uh, day one, we're, we're, you know, fully funded and, and sky's the limit from here. Um, so the last Spartan red tape, imagine Sons of Anarchy meets the Punisher with a human trafficking storyline. So I've been teaming up with DeliverFund.org, a human trafficking organization that uh, is working to put an end to human trafficking in America and around the world. And um, I've been raising at the Halloween 45. I was in full costume and um, all the proceeds from the photo op went directly to DeliverFund.org to help them in their fight against human trafficking. So through the research that I have done for this graphic novel, uh, I've become very passionate about this this topic, and uh, it is a despicable, despicable crime that needs to be um, ended, and, and we need to have stiffer penalties for the people that are doing it, and we need better um, help for the people that have been trafficked. Actually, I am. I'm going to be in the movie. I have two movies that I'm doing about human trafficking. And human I, trafficking. Actually, I have, I have two that are like in the process of being worked on, and another one that's on a slate. You know, um, for and I'm happy and to I be think, in them. And I think that people have no idea what's going because on. it gets hidden a lot, and, and the news doesn't it talk does. about it. Um, I think people have no idea to the uh, an, an enormous extent that this actually happens in America. 
Wait, hold, stop. Hang on. No, wait. What is it? Wait a minute. Years ago, it was called pedophilia. No, no, human trafficking. Human trafficking is kids. And that's called pedophilia. Well, they don't have to be kids. Well, it, they don't have to be kids. They could be. My point right now is the adults, the kids are damaged forever. The kids will never be normal for the rest of their lives. Adults can sort of handle it better. You, there's a new name for pedophilia, is? Oh, I don't even know. Do you have you ever heard of this called minor attracted persons? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, That's so what they're calling pedophile. Pedophiles. They're actually no. teaching it in schools now, like that. Could that you believe it's this okay shit? to be a minor attracted person? I see videos on TikTok in schools, like all and the time. So many, crazy people and doing so, it, not like sane people. Right now, yeah. so, right now, there are so many very young children coming to our country illegally, crossing the border, and being kidnapped and put into slave uh, stuff. They're this, yeah. This, well. Sexual. Tell us what you know about it, because you know a lot about it since you're working, you know, with a, a big organization. Yeah. Well, the, see, the thing about uh, human trafficking, it's not just sex trafficking. They are labor trafficking people. Um, and the thing is, 80 percent of the trafficking that is done in America is being done against Americans by Americans. So wow. it is a very serious, serious problem. You know, a lot of people think it's a border issue. You know, there is that element to it. But it is happening in our backyard, so to speak, in every major city around this, uh, around the United States and Canada and, and even in Mexico, all over the world. So it is something that needs to be addressed. Um, like just to tell you, you know, and, and just to give you a little story, like when I'm at these conventions, I'm always talking to uh, the fans and, and raising the awareness and saying, hey, please, you know, protect your kids, protect yourself. You know, they're, they're taking women also, you know, uh, and a gentleman told me his, his niece was just about traffic. She was at uh, a club and they drugged her drink and were taking her out the back door. But luckily the bouncer realized it and stopped them and saved her. And through the law enforcement backtracking where these guys were, they found three other women drugged and chained in a hotel getting ready to be trafficked. So it's happening. Traffic for what? Sex? No. Sex traffic. Yeah, that, that is sex traffic. Yes. When they, he knows more than you. Shut up. He just told you that there's no, people work said, trafficking. He put your finger. No, didn't you say that a second ago? <laughs> I said, why are they chaining these women? For what reason? To that, that was a sex trafficking situation. Labor trafficking is where they will take the people from the borders and stuff like that and then have them work in hotels and things like that for free labor. That's been going on since It's been going on since the dawn of time. Yes. Yes, but it is it is it is a a very very big problem right now. It is larger than it has ever been in the world and it is because of these internet, you know, kids uh don't really realize who they're talking to when they're talking to people online and, and they figure they're going to go meet a friend and, and it's not a friend, you know? So uh, that's the one good thing about deliverfund.org too, is they have uh, tools in their arsenal to help equip parents so that they can monitor what is going on and protect their kids. So it is, it is a very, very, very serious, serious topic. When I lived in Florida, there was this lady 
who uh, left her husband and went to California to be with the person that she'd been having an affair online with. And she got there and it was like a 13 year old kid. You know, like this crazy shit can happen on, it wasn't a sex trafficking thing. Crazy things happen on the internet. People are scammed all the time. And, and I think it's relatively easy to do it because. Oh yeah. I mean, because it's behind that curtain, so to speak, which is you could say and do, do anything, you know, it's uh, the, movie the movie you're in, you're playing a what? No, it's a comic book. It oh, is a graphic novel. Graphic yes, novel. it's a graphic novel. A big comic book. Yes, it has three. It has three. It has the the backstory, then it has the uh, story, and then it has the truths. Those are the three sections of the book. Uh, we have. It's written by Christopher Priest, who wrote the Black Panther, Punisher, Vampirella, uh, Captain America. He's oh. written tons of other graphic novels and comic books. Uh, and through doing the research with Christopher we uh, found a lot of these things that were happening and, and he goes, Oh, that doesn't really happen. And sure enough, we would find an article where it was happening and it did happen and it has made the book, you know? Okay. So I'm what the book is for. Is the book and where can we get it? No, we can't get it yet. You're not listening. Okay? No, I'm not listening because I'm so fucking <laughs> It's a Kickstarter campaign, you guys. I am so upset on this subject. You have no idea. I know, I know. It, it, it infuriates Listen, you go to Kickstarter, right? Wait, let's get money for Kickstarter. Wait, you go to Kickstarter. If you plug in the search, because this is how I found about it, you type in The Last Spartan uh, Red Tape. Also, you can type in Tyler Maine, because if you type in Tyler Maine, it'll come right up. Um, and then they have the greatest perks ever, you guys. There's even a, like a special cover, Halloween cover one. They have all different yeah. kinds of perks, many, many different ones where you can get all the different versions. Um, and it's a uh, Sons of Anarchy meets the Punisher in Atlanta City Underworld of Human Trafficking. It's an adventure action crime drama. I think it's based maybe on a partially on a book or on a book character because I saw something about Frank Kane. Is there's been books about Frank Kane, and I guess that's your character in the comic book. Yeah, it is. It is based off of uh, John Saunders, a good friend of mine's uh, novel that he wrote, and it came across my desk about 15 years ago. And I was wondering what I was going to do with this project. I wanted to make sure that I could get uh, do it justice. So we've expanded the role, uh, the world that this is in. So it's making it more modern and more up to date. And we are um, sending it out there now to the people on the Kickstarter. And so please check it out. And it's okay. really cool, guys. And, and so what's the ultimate, like, like you already made your goal, you have 29 days left to go. What's the ultimate like next push level that we're trying to get to? Yeah, we have we have several tiers. Like you know, once we hit a hundred thousand dollars, we're opening up other doors. You know, we're we opened one at twenty five thousand. Uh, I'm I'm not exactly sure where they are, but there are stretch goals that once we reach them, everybody will get those stretch goals, which are really cool. You know, it's so kind of it's. No, wait. Well, I went on it this morning. This morning it was only at like fourteen thousand. So since this morning from till now, you like doubled it almost. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you went on Instagram and did a bunch of lives on Instagram because I shared all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Renee. Hang on. Okay. In, I don't care what you're talking. <laughs> in this publication, do you teach young children not to go on the computer, not to listen to these morons? Well, it's a story. Huh? What do you, what do you, you, you never read the book. 
And already you became an, an authority. Tyler, through, 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 through the story, yes, we're hopefully teaching uh, the younger people what not to do and the adults what to do well, to if, take if and protect people, and help protect their kids. Listen, if people are going to give money to your Kickstarter, they want to know what's in that publication. Get as much out to the people so that there are people out there who have been affected by these things. Yeah. And they will be the, the contributor because they have been uh, affected by it. See, I'm intelligent, not like you. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, it's one of the best well-put-together Kickstarter campaigns I've ever seen. Now, how much is this publication going to cost to purchase? It depends. It depends on which perk you get, but the, the basic soft cover graphic novel, which is 144 pages of deluxe coloring, is uh, $29. And oh, then if you want to, yeah, and if you, we also have the script book by Christopher Priest for anyone that is interested in learning how to write a, a graphic novel and understand the process, you know, it is the script for a graphic novel is so much different than a film script. It is very intricate and very detailed because if the page has, say, uh, seven or eight um, different segments, each segment has to be described, what the action is, what the wording is, what the story is telling. So it is a great way to learn that whole process, you know. Do you have a book to show us? We no. do not. It is almost complete. We have got uh, two of the, the stories are completely done. The third one is being colored right now. Then it goes off to press, and we should have it ready for delivery in June. Oh, so. June. I was going to say, if it's before Christmas, come back on and bring it on, and maybe it's a lovely Christmas gift. Um, but you're doing it in June. Yeah. Well, there's there are there are perks that uh, people could get in add-ons where they would get a, uh, a holiday hello from me as uh, grumpy, angry Santa. I'm dressing up as Santa, so that if they do get it for one of their loved ones or their relatives, they'll get a special message from me explaining what is coming. So that they will have that could special. They possibly, could they possibly get a few nudes from you? <laughs> could, could they get what? Some nudes. <laughs> Some nudes. I don't think anyone wants that of me. I think you're wrong. Yeah, I bet you're wrong. You about know, that, you know what? We know people that think women, a couple of gay guys, think you are the sexy. Man, they think you're like the sexy, thing ever. They would ball you. Oh my women. gosh. I guess oh, I swear, Tyler, I swear to you, I got two gay friends. They, they trick you in a minute. People, they when I put the promo out for you. They think you are so hot. So I put the so promo oh out for you. All kinds of people it's tell true. me he's so it's cute. True. He's so hot. It's true. How tall are you? About six, what, six? Six, seven. Six, seven. I'm telling yeah, you, when, women went out and bought vibrators because of me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you guys are making me blush. Now stop it. <laughs> I love every minute of it. So I now listen to my <laughs> right. All right. So first of all, I want because I want to finish. It's not over. No, no, it's not no. over. No, I want to let go. So I want to give some props though. So you guys, Tyler and Main Entertainment, he's hooked up with all these people, and I want to give everybody like a little prop. So you have Renee Gearlings uh, is involved. Who is my wife? Who I didn't know if we were allowed to say that or not. Okay, so Renee Gearlings, who is his wife who uh, is very, very awesome. She was on one of his, his uh, IG lives this morning, you guys. Christopher Priest, John F. Saunders, <laughs> Mark Silvestri, Will Conrad, Jimbo Salgado, Michael Montanat. Montanat? Montanat? Montanat, yes. Michael uh, Montanat. 
Omi Remolante Jr. See ya. Om. See ya. Uh, say Om. See you Om. Yeah. See you Om. And Seth Adams, you guys. Uh, everybody, especially Renee, she's like a comic book, like, you know, she's been doing comic book stuff forever. Is this your first comic book? I know you're a character and that your characters are in a lot of comic books, but is this like your first comic book? Yeah, this is the first comic book that uh, we're putting together. But like you say, her background is, you know, she started at uh, Top Cow. Mark Silvestri was her very first boss. And he ended up doing this cover for us that is just amazing. Um, so she's been in it for decades. She's worked uh, at Top Cow, IDW, um, Radical. Uh, the list goes on and on. She's even done some stuff for Marvel. So she she knows her stuff, and she was the one that got this whole team together and brought these top tier, top level artists and and writer together. And it's just uh, it's just turning out amazing. I I'm I'm speechless how beautiful the book is looking and it is getting out a good message so if people would please support the cause i would greatly appreciate it and hopefully if um you know we we get to a certain point now we can eventually turn it into a tv series or a feature film and keep raising awareness for this cause so it's a good call did you know that we are in a comic book we have a comic book out that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not kidding. It's Jimmy, myself, Eileen Shapiro, and Kadrosha. We had one called Celebrity Ghost Hunters, where yeah. we went on a ghost. And, we actually went on a ghost hunt and turned it into a comic and, book. And the comic uh, book. Nice. The best part is we went to a haunted, insane asylum on Long Island in New York, and there was a chain link fence six feet high, and we're all going over the chain link fence with great success. And I went on the side, but Eileen Shapiro. If She's you my business partner. I'm a she, publicist. She, had, she has a bust size 44D. Or, or, or C. Oh. Her bust is gigantic. I mean, enormous. She went up the fence and her tits went over the fence, but her body stayed on the other side. And she's screaming for me to help her. Ron, help me. My tits are caught on the fence. I was peeing in my pants practically from hysterical laughing. Well, don't you think they put that in the comic book? So when you buy the comic book, you see me crawling on the floor, hysterical, and Eileen's big tits over the fence. I'm telling you, the comic book is a riot. Look at the guy. We actually, uh, uh, on JimmyStarsWorld.com, we also have, uh, we're in another comic book called Something for Humanity. Yeah. It's a charity comic book sure. or whatever, and we play ourselves. So I, I love being in That's, comic yeah, me too. I you love it. You know why I love it? Because I'm 83 years old. They make me look 35. <laughs> there you go. Oh, all I am is eyebrows and hair, no wrinkles. I think, wow, isn't that wonderful? No, let's like let's do another comic So hold on. So you know, also, we're going to love doing comic books. Real quick, I need you to do me a favor. There's a, we have a bunch of people in the chat room. Uh, Don Hinton is telling us to watch Penance Lane, which I have not seen it. But say hi to Don because she's like our biggest horror fan. Hey, Don, how are you? Hope you're doing good. How do you and say horror? The shout out for Penance Lane. There you go. How do you say horror? Horror. Horror. See, he oh. says it like I do. It, it, we had a woman guest on who was a screen queen, and Jimmy said she's the biggest whore you ever knew. I didn't know. I said horror. He said she's the biggest well, that's whore. A different, that's a different. <laughs> I don't know. I had to quickly say he has a Florida accent. The word is horror. 
Not horror. But it's horror when you're from, from Florida. New, in New York. He said it like I said well, it. Well, he's another son. Yeah, and I'm from Canada, so I don't know. That's... <laughs> oh, you're from Canada? Where, where in Canada, Tyler? Huh? Where are you from in Canada? I'm from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. That is right dead center, and it is really, really cold in the winter. Yeah, but beautiful. I've been to Edmonton. Edmonton. Yeah. And, and Banff. Oh my God! Yeah, Banff is beautiful. Banff is Banff has got to be heaven on earth. Yeah, it never is. Seen any, ever go to Banff? No, I've never been to Canada. We have to go up there before we move back. Wait, to I have North. a question for you though. Then, do you know Steve Basic? A guy Steve named Basic. Basic. I think he played the Beast in like uh, in a, in one of the the uh, X Men films where he wasn't where the, he wasn't in it a whole lot, you know. And then they developed the character in the next one. Uh, but he's, yeah, he's, no, from I, he's from Canada. I thought you might know him. A lot, of, like a, big guy lot, like know. A lot of actors we know are from Canada. I'd like to work with you one day. I think it'd be fun off the set. We'd have a lot of fun because you're a fun guy. You're a nice guy. We like you, even though you try to scare the shit out of everybody. Make up. <laughs> well, that's you. only that's only when I'm doing those those, those type of films. Yeah, I, know that, I, I, know. I cross over. I do comedy. I do everything. Yeah, but did you see the picture Jimmy put up on on Facebook on the in the internet. Oh my God, that face could scare the hell out of anyone. He's talking about your headshot. He thinks your headshot's scary. Oh, because you're not smiling in it. Like, no, your headshot is like, I'm going to fuck you over. And that's (laughs) why all the publicity I did for you being on the show was, oh, when I get him, I'm going to knock him on his ass. He don't scare me, that little runt. He's nothing. (laughs) You know, and I did the publicity. So everybody said they're going to watch the show to hear me fight with you. So I got to do a minute of fighting with you. Listen, you big jerk. You think you're so <laughs> fucking... Hey, 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 Yeah, well, I'm tough. You to better you. just sit back in that chair, yeah, little yeah, man. You're little skinny. <laughs> little man. You're little skinny runt. You're no good for nothing, little bum. You piece of shit crap. I hate you. You think you're scaring me? You're nothing. I heard that you're a hairdresser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Let's talk about that. That is a bad joke, my friend. That is a bad joke. So I know that you, uh, you, you, you through Main Entertainment, you've done two movies. Penance Lane is one of them. I wrote down. Yes, compound, fracture, compound Fracture is the first one. So we did uh, Compound Fracture was our first film. Penance Lane was the uh, second one. And then now we're doing this graphic novel. So if everybody would jump over to Kickstarter and support, I would greatly appreciate it. Yeah. So tell us, Penance Lane, Tyler Maine, John Snyder, Scout, Taylor Compton, Daniel Roebuck, Diamond Dallas Page, which I think he just goes by Dallas Page maybe now. But uh, So to what yeah. is Penance Lane about? Uh, Penance Lane is uh, a, about uh, a family or a, a guy that has people that are doing body harvesting in the basement of their house. Okay. So it's along the same sort of lines. Okay. You know, there's a horror for you that, you know, <laughs> But, and that's another that's another topic, you know, that people don't realize. Body harvesting. Yeah, I mean, organ harvesting is a big thing. People don't realize it, you know. I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff going on in this crazy world we live in. What do you mean? What what do they do? I gotta find out about this. What they kill people and put them in the basement for what reason? Well, no, they they'll they'll harvest their their organs to sell on the black market. Oh, 
They keep them in the basement and take out their kidneys and their liver oh, and their hearts and their brains. Well, I hope they never take out my penis because the guy that gets it's going to be so fucking lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys can follow Tyler on Instagram. He's at <laughs> Tyler Maine. Um, some of the things that you might have seen Tyler in also, he was Sabretooth in the X-Men, which you were like so good We've at. never met you in person, have no. we? No. No, we have that not. That sucks. We got to really meet it. What are the uh, the red carpet? You don't go to red carpets, huh? Yeah, you're, I'm I'm in Atlanta now. You you what? He's in I'm, I'm based out of Atlanta now. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Hollywood is where you want to go to the red carpets to be seen. Well, that is true. That is true. I I got my share of them when I was there. I used to live there for a long time. I moved just to, just before COVID. Actually, we're so, going. Where are you exactly? Not exactly. I, <laughs> just, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Oh. Right by Pinewood Studios. Or the it's Trillith now, Trillith Studios. Everything is real is is everything really happening in Atlanta now, like they say. The, well, right now with the strike, nothing's happening. You know, but uh, but yes, yeah, filming filming is huge here in Georgia because there's great tax incentives and 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 all of that. So yeah, filming is is huge here. Yeah, Marvel have you been does to a lot of stuff here. DC does a lot of stuff here. A lot of top productions here. Have you been to Tyler's studio yet? I have not been to Tyler's studio, but I uh, have some friends that work there and, and have worked I'm there. I'm to see it. I'm, I heard it's a city. It's a world. It's yes. A world. It's unbelievable. Actually, we will get to meet you because my whole production crew and team that I work with on, like, Six movies, they're all in They're all uh, in Atlanta and South Carolina, and we're shooting everything in Atlanta. So, there you go. Yeah. So, we'll, so maybe we'll you'll be you. in one of the – put him in one of the movies. What depends. He doesn't exactly fit for the for the ones that we <laughs> – he, he, he could be in the trafficking movie. He could be in the trafficking movie. Uh, I'm playing a tough FBI guy or whatever the fuck I am. But, yeah, he could be one – he could be like my – I'm going to work on some shit because I would yeah. love that work with you in if something. All he has to make is that evil face. It's wonderful. I know. I like that. <laughs> so, so well, like, you know, when you get the bad guy, you make that evil yeah, face. Yeah, exactly. The audience will start doing this. Like, you know, get him. I could be very evil, as you saw. So when I played the, whatever I am, Detective FBI, whatever, I play it really mean and rotten. And people so wait, wait, go back. Tell us what oh, I didn't know you were in Doom Patrol. I wrote Doom Patrol. Devil's Rejects. Everybody on the planet has seen. Um, Jupiter's Legacy was a great one. Uh, Joe Dirt, The Scorpion King. So tell us what is Compound Fracture about? Uh, Compound Fracture is uh, boy, we did that so long ago. I forgot what the the storyline is for that one. <laughs> Whew. Are you a bad guy? Are you a bad? Are you pretty much all? Well, no, I know in playing playing for key. What was it called? Playing for keys. Playing with fire. Playing that with fire. fire. That's a comedy. So that one I know. Yeah, we that's a comedy. Play. Yeah, yeah. So, so I do. You know, I do cross the board quite a bit. But people, if they want to see Compound Fracture, can go online. Uh, uh, I believe it's uh, on streaming services right now and stuff. So Compound Fracture and Penis Lane are both out there. So please check them out. Um, you know, and and then uh, move on to this graphic novel and get your copies for everybody. I think you totally have to make the graphic novel into either a TV series or a, a film. It will, it will. Like that's well, we're, you know that's what that's what we're hoping for. But we have to get the 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 backing behind it. If if people back this and and help us take this to the real heights that we want to uh, have it at, then proof of concept is there. So.
Tyler. Oh, yeah, it is. Wait, That's true. Tyler, I have to satisfy my, I call them the Yentas, the Snoopy Nosy uh, people watching our show. He didn't listen to something you said earlier. You'll see now when he tell, asked you this. Go ahead. What? Go ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> is your wife pretty? How long are you married? And do you have children? My wife is gorgeous. We've been married. We've been together since 2001. We've been married since 2007. And I have two children uh, from a past marriage. So now and we your- have... We have uh, we have three rescue dogs and two rescue cats. Oh, yeah! We have three Woo! rescue dogs also. Good for you. Yeah. Is your wife an actress? She is. Yes, she is. Have we seen her or anything? Yeah, she's uh, she's done uh, episode of the Wonder Years, The Game, Gearlings. Uh, Gearlings. Yeah, she's she's done quite a bit of stuff since she's come here. Is she a screen queen? Uh she she is actually in Penance Lane. She's playing the uh, evil uh, doll faced girl in Penance Lane. So oh, yeah, she uh, she's pretty vicious in that. <laughs> and she's a big comic book person working with all the comic people. Yeah, oh, she's involved with the comics. Yes, yeah, she's the one who's worked with all the comic companies and who mm-hmm. helped put this together. And, and if yeah. you guys go to, no, if you go to Tyler's Instagram, you can see her, you guys, and you can listen to them talking I'm about not finished, I'm not finished with my private interview. Now, <laughs> are you happily married, or is a chance you're going to get rid of her and you're available for the women out there that are watching you now? I am so happily married there. She's going nowhere. So the women, the women out there that desire you, it's tough luck. I'm sorry. See yep. that, girl? Ladies, no good. Not no good. The marriage is good. Now, the most important question is they want to know your shoe size. Uh, 15. <laughs> a, bu- a bunch of women just fainted. <laughs> I actually told them 17 earlier before you came. I'll take that couple inches. <laughs> yeah. I, I know of three queens in Palm Springs who just fell in love. <laughs> so, hold on, let me say this one. I just want to keep saying this when people watch this. So, you guys, all you got to do is go to Kickstarter, plug in The Last Spartan, Red Tape, or Tyler Maine. The Kickstarter comes up. There's so many great options. One of the cool options is you can get the Halloween spe- spe- special cover, and you, can get yes. and you can get it autographed by Tyler. And um, and that's something that then you can have as a keepsake forever in your collection. And those, um, those believe it or not, those autographs go up in value. Absolutely, he's kind of amazing. Yeah, and we also have one of one of my favorite perks that we have is coffee and comics, which is deliverfund.org, the the company that I've been working with to help raise awareness about human trafficking. They have their own coffee blend, so you can get twelve ounces of their coffee and the graphic novel, so you can have a great cup of coffee in the morning. And a great read. So, and and those proceeds go to Deliver Fund. So, you will be helping out a um, organization that is taking down human traffickers. I have to say, I have to give you kudos actually, because I, I know we know a lot of people. You know, just like you do, we know a lot of people. And um, and I don't know that I've I've uh, met as many celebrities who actually you know would go to a comic con and do a photo op and give the money away. Um, you know, to a charity, and so I want to give you props for that, and it's a really important charity. So, so I, I, I think you. kudos to that, and, and and I really hope that the comic book raises a quarter of a million dollars. In- right. 
And I would, I would yeah. love that. So please send everybody our way. Absolutely. I, I, I'm sharing all your stuff on Instagram. So as I see it, I'm sharing it all to everybody. And, and I'm sure we'll see what we can do. Tyler, if you do get in the movie about trafficking, you and I will have no problem acting. Because all we have to do is show our true feelings. We'll win an Academy Award. Because <laughs> there you go. <laughs> really, when, I, when I do my lines, they're going to come from my heart. Yeah. I'm so against this human trafficking, the abuse yeah. of children. I was an abused little boy at four years old in the Brooklyn Projects. Won't go into oh. nothing penetrating or anything like that. But I'm, a porter of the building took me in the basement, made me pull my pants down, and I went upstairs and I told my mother, uh, the, the guy threw water on my coolie. That was the extent of it. But it's never left me. It's, yeah. inter it's interfered with my life still at 83 years old. Right. So the damage done to a child by yeah. an adult, my feelings is that adults should be executed because we don't need people like that on this planet. That is That's true. That is true. Children, the, the, children, the children are emotionally scarred for the rest of their life. The rest of their there, life. You know, children. there are organizations out there that help uh, to, to deal with it, but with with my talking to professionals, they say if someone is gone for seventy two hours, it's really hard to get them back to their state of mind that they were before. Yeah. You know, there is always that there, but that and you will always have that scar. But well, is, the longer they are trafficked, the longer they are gone, the harder to bring them back is, and and that is uh, something serious to consider also. Do you, know, do you know who Jane Russell was? The movie yeah. star, Jane Russell. She was yeah. my best friend for years. And she told me that most children that are sexually assaulted or whatever become gay. And she said to me, that could very well be why you're gay because of that experience. I said, if anything, that would make me the opposite of gay because I was so opposed to it as a four-year-old child. But... When an adult takes a child away from innocence and brings it to that world of perversion. It's despicable. Shadow. It's a shadow you never leave. Yeah. 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 So everyone out there, please support this magazine. Comic book. Graphic novel. Traffic so what's, novel. The, what's actually the difference between a graphic novel and a comic book? Just the amount of pages? Yeah, because you have the several different stories together and the pages together. A comic book is usually around 22 pages, I believe, and the graphic novel's in the 144 range, so it's got a fuller storyline. And then will you, after this is all put together, you guys will distribute the comic book to, like, Barnes & Nobles and all those kinds of places? Well, right now, this is the only place to get it. So please go to the Kickstarter. Oh, yeah, we yeah, do not we don't have plans after that to distribute it at all. You can purchase it in June. No, you purchase it now. You get it. Purchase in it June. now. And it will be delivered to you in June. Yeah. Well, you heard it here, you guys. You're not going to be able to get this thing. So if you don't get it on the Kickstarter, then you're not going to be able to get it. And this is something everybody's going to want to get. It's done by super professional people in the industry. It stars Tyler Maine, your favorite like actor and horror movie character. 
and everybody should support it because and actually if, it's going for a really good cause. If you're a collector, you want to have this issue. This way you can keep it. And maybe 20 or 30 years from now, it'll be worth a hell of a lot more than you paid for it. So yeah. there's a lot of good sides to this. You're helping people. You're, you're going to make money on it. It's a wonderful idea. So we have two minutes left. Real quick, do you, do you, so do you save all your, like, like you, you don't have your, like, saber-tooth costume in your, do you have your saber-tooth costume in your, like, Michael Myers costumes and masks and stuff? I, I have some stuff. I like to keep something from every film that I've done. That's just me. I've got my my Troy outfit uh, that I wore in Troy. I've got the Halloween knife. I've got, uh, you know, from from uh, X-Men, I've got the Wolverine dog tags that I took and, and the fingertips and stuff like that. So I try and keep something from from everything I do. It's, you it's just play them all someplace? Yeah, but wait a minute. Does wardrobe come after you? Uh, well, I, I, I run real quick. <laughs> yeah, because, because, no, any film that I do, I always used to say, can I have a little something? They say, no. Wardrobe and set won't allow it. Yeah, but you're not Tyler Maine. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, wait, do you display it all? I, you know, I have some stuff. It's it, a lot of the stuff is probably just stuffed in a closet somewhere. I should bring it out and, and yeah, put it just, on display. It's like a museum for yeah, everything. It, it, that would be cool. It's part of who you are. And you should put it in your house. This way you could look at you it and it. say, you know, feel good about yourself. That's me. I yeah. love it. I, I have the movie poster, a lot of the movie posters up, oh, you know. And then uh, and my I, wife goes, there's no more room for your posters. We're running out of wall space. Not another one, you know. So I'm like, okay. Because you're going to have to have one for the last Spartan. You'll have to add, she'll have to yeah. add at least one more. And do, 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 <laughs> like, do like I do. I have them all reduced. And they become one big painting. You oh, know, yeah. A, a collage. Collage. Collage, yeah. All right, everybody. So we got like 30 seconds left. So please go to Kickstarter, plug in The Last Spartan, Red Tape. Let's uh, make this project go through the roof, starring Tyler Maine. Um, you guys, Sons of Anarchy meets the Punisher in Atlanta's underworld of the human trafficking. See the underworld. Uh, it's a collectible item. Please get it. Tyler, I wish you all the best with it, and we hope it, it knocks it out of the park, and we want to thank you for coming on the show. You're always a great guest, and you're always a lot of fun. And maybe we'll see you in June. So we can show the magazine. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. Yeah, yeah, right. that would be great. We have, we have a date sometime in June. There we go. We're going to be shooting in Atlanta, so I'm going to send you a yeah, we'll, message. We'll, you know, we're, we're yeah, moving. See you guys then. We're moving to the East Coast in, a, in a, about six months. We're moving to um, Southampton. Oh, Long nice. Island. Yeah. And then we're, so then we're on the so East Coast we'll, to work we'll in Atlanta. And, we'll be up and down the East Coast. All right, yeah. so we're going to go. All right, Tyler, thank you so much. Tyler, Please say hello to your wife and good luck with the project. We wish you all the best. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate all your support, everybody. And I hope I didn't scare you so much that you won't sleep tonight. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, I'm I a little bit. <laughs> all right, again, we'll see you next bye week. Bye, Have baby. a great weekend. Thanks, Tyler. Thank bye. Thank you, guys. Bye -bye. Good guy. Next time I can try not to. Yeah, we in the mix. Yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell.
so he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Martin Russell. So come watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell.